Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And welcome in, pro wrestling fans, here on a Saturday. It is time for Busted Open Radio. I am your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell, holding it down as usual. We have a very special guest host on this Saturday as we return live to three hours got our own tommy dreamer in for mark henry so you are getting a lot in this episode including a full recap of smackdown last night and one of the more classic amazing uh, uh, entertaining promos from the career of roman reigns with the help of his oos with his cuzzo jay uso just a, a truly truly outstanding end to smackdown and a go-home show that has us pumped for clash of champions Speaking of Clash of Champions, we got weekly winner and our Clash of Champions pick section in this episode, and it wouldn't be a busted open show if there wasn't a little bit of uh, wondering, a little bit of confusion, a little bit of anger, and that centers around, well, the good old faction, Retribution. Retribution coming back at our own Dave LaGreca earlier this morning on social media. What? We're going to get Tommy Dreamer's thoughts and my thoughts plenty here in this episode of Busted Open on a Saturday. I'm Ryan. That's Tommy Dreamer. Sit back, relax, quick play. Let's get it going here on a weekend edition of Busted Open Radio. The video package that we saw that really set the table between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso throughout the night. For those of you that missed it, Dreamer, you kind of you hit on it a little bit, but it really chronicled and 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 showed visually with family pictures and family history. You mentioned the interviews with Afa and Sika and Rikishi. They were all there uh, giving their input, but there was the visuals, the photos. It really, it, it's like you said, Tommy, it really set the table for the emotion that we were going to see later in the show. Absolutely. And there are, it's real life. We all know from, you know, High Chief Peter Maivia, me being a bit of a, a historian, uh, you know, he brought in, and I, it's so weird. I'm literally watching this also, like 1979 WWE Network, the Samoans debut. And Captain Lou Albano is sitting there, and he explained, High Chief Peter Maivia brought these two guys in and said they're the two toughest guys from Samoa. And then you see their history. We, we This has been a family that has been a part of the WWE since what? the 60s 70s with high chief peter maivia so we understand that like yeah they got a lot of history but when you're going to show behind the scenes stuff when you're going to see family pictures it's what brings you in even more because yeah like i said it's real and the promos back and forth were off the charts and for a lot of people like why is roman reigns with paul Heyman? There's a great reason why Roman Reigns is with Paul Heyman because a lot of, if you think of the one and we talk about simple, R Jay is talking to his cousin and who answers for him? Paul. And that would be like if you're at a family gathering 
and you're having an argument and you're talking to your brother and your brother's wife keeps on chiming in. Well, you want to be, <laughs> can you just shut her up for a second? And that's what makes Paul great. One little other piece of interesting that I would like, and I wish they would have done because listen, Paul is great. Paul can get anything over, but if a lot of people don't, if you remember, Paul used to manage the SST and he has that lineage with Rikishi and Paul having that showing Paul with the Samoans back in WCW right. would have been a cool thing of like, Hey, this guy's part of the family too. And then Jay can be like, he ain't part of the family. And that could have made him even more of the antagonist that he truly is. Do you think they could be saving that? Because I think there's a lot of, you know, thought that maybe this isn't the last we see of Jay and Roman at Class of Champions. Like, what do you think? Do you think we could we could see a continuation of this story? I mean, obviously, we're going to see the story continue with Roman uh, and Paul and the Samoans. So Jay will obviously be lumped into that. But I'm talking about a match itself. Like, could you see them having another match as this continues? I would hope so, because there yeah. is other layers to it. My my biggest problem with, you know, managers and the way I'm, I love the fact that managers are being brought back. Um, and I always, you know, went to where people would be like, well, why does Roman Reigns need a manager? He can talk. Hell, if you look at Bobby Heenan stable, all the guys can talk and it accentuate. It helps. Right. Also, the biggest part of the manager's role, which has not been used properly in the WWE or somewhat even in AEW, is the manager gets involved when their wrestler is in trouble or even like to save the wrestler. Paul doesn't get involved ever. And I understand that he'll say he's his advocate, he's all that stuff. But if the simple goal is, hey, we wrestle, when we win, we get paid more money. When we lose, we don't get paid as much money. Um, back in the day, it was if you win, you get paid. If you lose, you don't. But if the key role is you're getting a percentage of this guy's money, you want to see him make the most money and you will do whatever it takes to retain that title, to retain him being on top, you would get physically involved. And I don't see that done. And I wish it would be because that's the key element for the professional wrestling manager. Now, Tommy, you brought up the sort of interaction earlier in the show. We're about to get to the promo that closed the show, right? Between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. It was amazing. But prior to that promo, Jay Uso came out and addressed the crowd, addressed the, the, the universe, and specifically addressed Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Reigns and Heyman were uh, in the back. They were backstage. They were not out in front. Jay was in the Thunderdome and he was doing his thing, right? But for a while, you know, we've wondered ever since this kind of feud started brewing, well, what is the story that is going to be told? Is this going to be a Roman Reigns against the family sort of story? Is that where we're headed? Or is this going to be, you know, Roman forming a new Samoan dynasty? Is he going to bring Jay into the fold? Is this going to be sort of like a, a super team on some level, right? I think, I think, uh, Tommy, we got a little bit clearer idea where this is headed. In that first promo, Jay said something to the effect uh, about Roman, how I knew something was up, you know, because Roman's out, not out there addressing Jay at this moment. He's refusing to speak to him, and Heyman uh, eventually ends up speaking for him at the end of this promo. But prior to that, right, Jay is like, hey, man, I essentially knew something was up. I knew something was up with you. He said, you changed your phone number. You got Heyman out here. You know, the signals of change, essentially, Tommy, are in the air. It, it, it feels like 
that that's where we're heading. It feels like it's going to be reigns against the history, reigns against the, as you brought up, the 60s and 70s, the 80s, the 90s, right? A new Samoan guy, a new Samoan king, if you will. This is my island. Uh, that's the read I'm getting on it. Is that the way it feels like to you? Uh, it's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, listen, we have another Uso that we haven't seen in a while. Who knows where he is? Yeah. That could be a very, very interesting layer to help with this. It's it's a great storyline. And when I say storyline, it's also because it is real. And like, honestly, I'm, I remember we were in Houston, Texas, and here came all of Kishi's kids. And I'm sure <laughs> Roman Reigns was in there as well. But like, I remember like, Jimmy and Jay literally sitting and catering like they're talking like I like I'm behind them and I see them like kind of like pushing each other but not like fighting just like no stop stop and then here like came out I came up and another wrestler came up and they literally just stopped and looked up and they were like all of a sudden like behavior because I'm sure that their father said you guys better behave once you get there um and as well as, but like, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it like I, from when they were teenagers, uh, I was, you know, great friends with Rosie and him talking to me about his brother, you know, yeah, his bro my brother's a stud and, and playing football. I also have twins and I know how twins uh, can bicker as well as <laughs> be they're twins. They, I mean, literally my daughters will communicate without talking and it freaks me out. There's a twin power, but we have another Uso that we will have yet to see. So I think that could be very, very cool. Uh, in, in, induced into this story. There's a lot to go with. And like I said, man, there is what AEW has done a great job and you know, they did it with uh, their last pay-per-view all out. I did not know who was going to win. Yeah. This clash of champions, I'm saying to myself, could they actually put the title on Jay? And it's not like, I don't know the clear cut winner. And that, that's what you're supposed to do when you're, and I've been wrestling, I've been a wrestling fan since I'm nine years old. I've been wrestling 30 years. So I've been a wrestling fan forever. <laughs> so it's, if I don't know, then they're doing their job. And you know, I'm glad you bring that up because Tommy, I mean, if you would have suggested that a month ago, hey, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns are going to wrestle for the title, you know, Clash of Champions. You, know, there's no way I would have thought in any sort of realm of possibility that there wasn't even an inkling of possibility that Jay Uso could become champion. Now, as you said, they put some believability on that. They cut some promos to where all bets are off. I don't know where that's going and why. Why does it feel that way, Tommy? Because it is steeped in reality. It is steeped in history and it is steeped in truth. And that's when pro wrestling is the best. We got some audio for the nation out there. For those of you that missed it or for those of you that want to relive last night in what was really a seminal moment, in my opinion, for Roman Reigns and Jay Uso's career, a back and forth on their matchup at clash of champions coming up in 24 hours we're going to start with roman reigns who after not coming out to start the show initially when jay uso called them out ended the show by coming out and meeting face to face and boy it did not disappoint this is roman reigns telling his cuzzo his oos why he could never be champion of the wwe this is good stuff roman reigns last night on smackdown you gonna smile in front of my face and frown on my back what is it you on my side of the story. To be honest, Us, I would give you this title if I could. But the truth is, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. You don't understand the accountability, the responsibility of being on top. You don't understand 
the weight and the pressure from being the face of the WWE. How could you? It's not your fault. You're a twin. Your entire life, you've depended on your brother. And I'm not saying you're half the man that I am, no. You are one half of the greatest tag team of our generation. And because of that, our family and I are so, so proud of you. But our family depends on me. Our family relies on me being the tribal chief. That's who I am in this life. It ain't you. It won't ever be you. Because it'll always, always be me. Man, Roman Reigns last night talking to Azus, Jey Uso. Uh, Tommy, the reason that hit for me so well is because, I mean, obviously we all have families. We all have family squabbles, uh, relationships, hierarchy, all that stuff gets thrown into it, right? That read like something that you would actually hear at a dinner table when shit got real, right? Like if you were actually having them size each other up and take inventory of their career and make a case for why, even if you were just like, take kayfabe out and you were just talking about like, who's going to get the ball, right? Roman's response to that was about as real as it gets. That's the way it felt to me. What did it feel like to you? Absolutely. Um, My mother, who's 80, does not talk to her sister or her brother. And this is about five years. And there's a personal issue here. And stuff like that, I witnessed (laughs) because it was said. Yeah. My own mom has said, hey, if they show up at my wake or funeral, you're disrespecting me. Make sure you kick them out. And I'll be like, Ma, you're going to be dead. How am I? (laughs) But like, these are crazy arguments. I'm 50 and I have to have these arguments. Um, Listen, there's so much... Like I said, and you said it, they made sense of everything. I think this is why people are having such a hard time with retribution because it makes absolutely no sense. This simple thing between two great, and like even Roman, what he was saying, there's a part of it that it's right. Yep. And think about every bad guy or every person who's uh, every bad character. They have a a twisted reason of why they are right. My own mother thinks she is right that when she dies, she does not want her brother or sister at her. And I have to remove them from there. And in her twisted reality, she's right. And Roman Reigns is showing that. And let me tell you, I have been a top guy in a company called ECW. Uh, I work in impact wrestling. And I've been in the WWE. I was in the WWE longer than I was in ECW. I would see John Cena doing things and being like, how the hell this guy has coffee for blood or even Vince McMahon, even myself running my own company. There was like, and Roman Reigns also put it out there in a tweet. You have no clue what WWE makes you do or you want to do. As simple as for, I'll say something for Impact Wrestling. I've, I've recently had to wrestle a lot of days. Plus, I'm literally helping rewrite shows. I'm doing all these other stuff. If asked to do media, I do it with a smile on my face. Why? Because I know this is going to go away. But he said there will be so many wrestlers bitching and moaning or that they're tired. When you're the champion or the face of the company, there is no being tired. For Impact Wrestling, Eddie Edwards was a great, like what Roman Reigns was saying, a great champion because he didn't mind doing the press releases. He didn't mind when you have to go in and used to meet kids or, or do make a wish stuff that the John Cena does that the Roman Reigns do. And it's literally like, Hey, 
you know, it, like you, what time did you get up to do this show? You got up uh, to do the show yeah, before. The, well, at 4 a.m. today, but for the last seven months, 2.30 a.m. Because you're the, you're the face of this show on a Saturday. And if you don't do it, you know somebody else is going to. And then, but if somebody else takes that job, they'd be like, man, I didn't know I had to get up so early. Think of what you do for this simple, for this, for you and your brand. Now think if you're representing a multi-million dollar company right. and you need those people to go. And, and like they said, there will be people that I've seen people implode, be like, man, I didn't know. It's like, that's part of the job. And they don't realize that's part of the job. So, I mean, those are real words, like you said, that could be coming out. Uh, and everything, like we say in wrestling, there's, there's a, there's a lot of reality to this storyline and that's why it's working. And that's why it's clicking for me. Yeah. What did you think? I got to send this out to the nation, Tommy, because, uh, there's a lot of thoughts on Roman Reigns, a lot of opinions on Roman Reigns. I feel like what we saw last night, uh, no, you just can't deny what we saw. It was gold. It was one of the best promos from Roman Reigns' career. But I want to hear from the nation. I want to hear maybe from the people that had their mind changed. Maybe they were Roman Reigns haters, but they saw the emotion. They saw the 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 the, the history. They saw everything they wanted to see from a, from a top guy, from what Roman Reigns has been billed as for the last five or six years, however long it's been, right? They wanted to see something that grabbed them. I am wondering if that was last night for even his biggest haters. It's certainly for a guy who... Didn't always think Roman should be the top guy. There were no questions that this is uh, the best that I've seen from him last night. And it got me excited for the future. What's going to happen with Heyman? What's going to happen with the Samoans? What's going to happen at WrestleMania? Because Tommy, you know, Mark Henry's floated the idea on this show that potentially this is leading to a Dwayne Johnson, uh, Roman Reigns meetup at WrestleMania to kind of solve the family issues. I, I don't know if that would actually happen, but that's uh, that's certainly an exciting possibility. So you guys know the number, the nation out there, 877-344-8493. That is 877-FIGHT-93. Tommy, before we take a break and head out to the nation, we have got to hear from Jay Uso because we only heard one part of that spectacular promo last night, steeped in the history, the emotion, all the, all the family strife and turmoil whatever word you want to use right that was only one side of the story last night jay uso coming over the top and uh really finishing it off and and really answering roman reigns is roman reigns insults you know essentially his entire career saying you could never be that guy i'm the tribal chief i'm the big dog this is my island right he said that to his cousin well his cousin jay uso he had words of his own and they were uh, they were fire this is jay uso last night responding to roman reigns and getting everybody hyped up for clash of champions in 24 hours what if you're wrong why can't i be the one to provide for the family us why can't i provide for my wife and my kids your nephews i've been battling this my whole life you've been number one you've been on top there goes the big dog there goes roman reigns there goes mr main event mr wrestlemania you know what they say when they see me which one are you after sunday when they ask me who am i they gonna know they gonna say i know you oos you the one that beat roman reigns at class of champion for the universal championship and that right there oos that right there will be me 
Tommy, I can't imagine what that's like for you, a guy who, who used to hang out in catering with little baby Jay and John Uso to see a promo like that and to hear that. And I mean, obviously, I know you were in the company when they were there. I mean, that that is a benchmark moment for Jay Uso and, and the brothers in general, isn't it? Dude money promos money promos across the board character development we're sitting here talking about we've been interested when the same guy came out not once but twice yep usos have always had it the usos have a swagger to them they had a coolness factor they also have a personal factor that makes people like hey man there there's these superstars but then there's also these guys we could hang out with in a bar and have a beer or just sit back and watch tv with um they have it, and Jay Uso, Jimmy has it too, but we're focusing on Jay right now. Yes, his promo was spot on, and why couldn't he be the champion? And think about that. Like, he has to live that way his entire life. Like we said, it's reality. It's reality-based, and that's why it's working. But money, money promo for him has emerged as a single star as well. Hello, SiriusXM. This is Pat McAfee. Starting Wednesday, my show is coming to Mad Dog Sports Radio. If you don't know me, here's a resume. I used to kick balls for a living. Sometimes I do comedy. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler except for one match. And I do a radio show where I'll entertain the living hell out of you with sports takes and some stories from my crazy life. The dumbest sports show to ever exist, The Pat McAfee Show. We're on weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern starting Wednesday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however the hell you stream in your house. I know you wanted to talk about this on Wednesday. I have been waiting, you know, about uh, just as long. I, 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 uh, we're going to get to it. Retribution. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm, I, I don't often uh, get left with a, a lack of words. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, um, there are some really good things happening in WWE dreamer and retribution is not one of them. Not only is it not good. I feel like we're watching one of the worst gimmicks, rollouts, whatever you want to call it in recent memory. I mean, it's in my opinion, it's really bad. It sounds like you're not uh, really on board either. No, at first I thought it was, they were going to jump on the political bandwagon and have, uh, I don't know what's the name of it. Cause I don't follow it. What is it? Antifa. Yeah. Antifa. Yeah. Antifa. Um, well that would have been disastrous as well. You bring in this group of outsiders that are destroying your company. They're literally ruining your show that is their object to ruin the show you recently let go of 27 people um you could have gone any route possible than the route that they went um the build-up was kind of eh, because i mean also we had ninjas running around on certain shows there's a lot of weirdness so around yeah well, well, we'll just talk about retribution for now. Don't let's not get into it. I mean, I also don't know. Does that mean we've lost Braun Strowman on SmackDown? That's a whole other issue. Yeah. So let's just rip up retribution. <laughs> so you're these outsiders and we finally have this big reveal. And this big reveal is really good talents from NXT that not only are we changing their names when they are branded in NXT as like really good talents. I don't mind their change. The only person who really could have been who wants to seek retribution is Dio Madden because he literally got kicked off of being the announcer. Um, everyone else, what is your big beef? And then right. once you have the reveal 
that opening promo, it's I'm here. Like all you WWE superstars, all you want is money and fame. And yeah, that's what everyone wants in the world. Not only if you're a WWE superstar, if you're missing that money aspect, yeah, then I should have been the leader because that whole ECW thing wasn't about uh, money for me. There could have been, listen, when when people are like CM Punk is going to be the head of retribution, who would have made that great? They could have had uh, anybody there. They let, they, you know, they, Ali, they furloughed uh, uh, so many people that, Hey, they could have had, I don't know, Mike Rotundo be a manager uh, in this group. He's a big dude. You could have anyone who had a legit gripe with WWE over the years um, to make it like we said with what they're doing great with the Roman Reigns being legit and having realism to the story. And then when your explanation is worse than why you're out there and not listen, the look is cool. Uh, Dijakovic actually looks <clears throat> meaner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Dio Madden guy is jacked. Uh, Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, they're two badass women uh, performers. But for what reason? It wasn't even like they were on the main roster and then sent down. Your explanation, whoever wrote that, should be terminated if they were a writer because you're trying to make sense of something that made no sense. Why in the world would you give a contract to somebody who's trying to ruin your show? You could say, hey, we'd give you a one-night-only contract, so or not even a contract. You don't say the word contract. You say sign a release yeah, and that you're going to face the guys at Clash of Champions. And we signed a release, <clears throat> so this is part. And if, hey, we signed this release to fight, this is why we're coming on this show today because it was part of our bargaining chip of why we wanted to be right. There. right. It's that simple, like literally. And I just thought of that right now, but it's that simple to say that you don't, it's so, because if you say you signed a contract, so you signed a contract and now you're getting paid. So you signed a contract, you're getting paid. And that's what you're yelling at these people. And then your fame, you're already on television And then the worst is someone should take the leader, T-Bar, or now he's Foobar, because he's on social media trying to explain bad creative. And I'm glad you used the operative word, trying. He's trying and failing miserably. T-Bar, yes, as you said, rebranded to Foobar here on Busted Open on this Saturday. He responded to our own Dave LaGreca. LaGreca tweeted out uh, four days ago. It was after, it was the Tuesday after Retribution came out on Monday Night Raw. So here's what LaGreca said. So Retribution has signed a contract with the WWE? Really? This makes sense. Help me here, right? I think essentially what you're talking about, Dreamer, right? Where's the, where's the, the, the reality? Where's the, the story being told to me? How, where's the believability, right? Where, where, where is the, the cohesion? There's no cohesion with this story. Well, T-Bar of Retribution, Dijakovic, 
responded to our own Dave LaGreca saying WWE offered us contracts because it was financially cheaper than all of the security guards we kept injuring. We signed the contracts to pay for our hired guns to do our dirty work. Our goal is to still destroy our current employer, WWE, hashtag retribution. Uh, Tommy, I can sum this up with one word, and it's the one word Chris Jericho gave in response to quote tweeting that tweet. Huh? That's all you had to say. Huh? What is T-Bar doing? And if and if WWE does have some creative control on the wrestler's Twitter, I don't know how you know tight that reign is, right? You would want to start with T-Bar. This is, it, none of this makes sense, Dreamer. Or even going after, what was it, like a Dave Meltzer tweet about low yep. ratings? And listen, I have been a part of bad creative. Wrestlers have been a part of bad creative. I have been a part of TNA when it made absolutely no sense. There was people in WCW that their creative was literally handed to them like as they're walking out to go cut a promo. You've heard about this horrible creative, but what do wrestlers do best when they go out there and perform? I don't care. I mean, listen, there was there was some back in the day, some horrible creative in TNA. And it was a lot of because of power behind the scenes, whether it was Hogan, Bischoff, Jarrett, Vince Russo, all pulling, jockeying for different positioning. And I mean, it, it was at times bad. But you know what the wrestlers went out there and did? Whatever bad creative they had, they went and killed it in the ring and made you forget because when we are performing, we are in control of us. And when you have it, it also, it's frustrating for the wrestler to have crappy creative. I mean, how many times have we listened to the show? Well, leading into this, it was like, huh? But then you know what? The wrestlers did a hell of a job and that's what wrestlers do great. Yeah. So don't go on social media to try to explain bad creative because literally we're at the point, this is the gobbledygooker coming out and explaining why he came out on Thanksgiving and saying, well, the reason I came out Thanksgiving was because I was supposed to be a Turkey and, but I wasn't, but I'm going to get my redemption on mean Gene Oakland for uh, it's just bad. Yeah. You need to be silent and you need to then answer come Sunday in the ring because it's not, it's not heel heat, it's go away heat. And everybody in that ring or in that group has an uphill battle, not for themselves, because they all can do it in the ring, but it's just bad creative. That's it. And there's so many different ways they could have gone about this. Like yeah. I said, you have people on the roster who are still getting paid. Uh, Kurt, uh, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, they could have been part of, of retribution. Hey, I had to sit. My father was Mr. Perfect. And I have to sit back in a Bo Dallas. My brother uh, is the champion. And where the hell have I been? Stuff like that. Or just bring back one person that you let go that, hey, we let you go. We like you. But and you have realness to this. But instead, it was all people who have amazing potentials <laughs> and carried the NXT brand for a long time. And now it's like you could simply see them even have to be repackaged. And then once you have the repackage, it's like, okay, we came up with a failed gimmick. 
And once it's a failed gimmick, then, I mean, how many failed gimmicks then come back as big ass successes? I got to start thinking about that. Yeah, very few. And you talk about the way this all sort of lined up and how it doesn't make a lot of sense. You talk about rebranding successful talents. Mercedes Martinez just had one of the best cage matches that we have seen in ages against Rhea Ripley. And then you totally strip that away and do that, do away with that and put her in this, in this stable. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And here's the other thing, Tommy, because I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of people, not a lot, but I've seen a few people on social media, um, some, some, some experts, quote unquote experts and, and people that I like. So I'm not, I'm not throwing shade necessarily, but someone made a proclamation that, you know, uh, you're all retribution is going to be your favorite thing on TV in 60 days and two months. And I, I mean, listen, you can feel that way. That's certainly your opinion. I just don't see how it's going to happen. And I see a lot of people say, well, look at their social media. Their social media has been great. This is before T-Bar responding to LaGreca, right? They've been doing things over the last couple of days, hashtag retribution, getting snarky with people, yada, yada, yada. Here's just, whether you like it or whether you don't, let's just go off the assumption, Tommy Dreamer, that we like what Retribution is doing on Twitter. If your best part of your gimmick is social media and working Twitter, you're toast. You know what I'm saying? Um, it can be an accompaniment. How did that work out for Zack Ryder? Boom. There you go. And that was a guy who changed, you know, the wrestling business for wrestlers. Yep. Because you're not going to change one person's opinion. And that's, and, and though they may be behind it. And listen, man, there's the last, you know, Keith Lee. Keith Lee should have been the foundation for NXT, called up. He hasn't been that big of a foundation. And not because of him. It's just you can't get thrust into that spot and then have the decisions that they have been making already. Because then it's like, now if I'm looking at WWE, I'm like, okay, now who do I have? because this isn't getting over because ratings are going down or all that stuff. Right. That's how people will look at stuff. And then because nobody wants to look in the mirror and say, oh, maybe this was why this happened. That you cannot have that if, you know, hey, we're, we're two days away from baseball shortened season ending. Baseball ends and then they're going to have to, you know, for the teams that where eight teams have made it in the playoffs on each side, which is a, a unheard of now, you're going to have to look at, you know, teams. Well, I spent all this money on this person and they didn't pan out. I didn't even get to the playoffs with a, a 500 record. What am I going to do now for next year? But in wrestling, there is no off season. This is like, what do I have to do now? And those decisions will have to be made because they're saying, well, this isn't working. Because then you, you could eventually have a network say, well, this isn't working. And then once you get the network people involved because ratings start dropping, not, not a good spot where you want to be. And for someone to say, and I don't know who said that, that I'm going to love retribution from six months from now, then they're not heels and then they're not doing their job. If you want to bring them in as, as you know, the NWO was what this group is kind of be, what ECW was supposed to be. We were the outlaws, the renegades um, to the wrestling business. We did things differently. We did things our way. Um, NWO. We, when they first came to WCW, they said, these guys aren't under contract. What are they doing here? They never said, oh, we're on, they, we signed them, but we're allowed. No, they made them what they were called. This group called the Outsiders. And then another group that kind of got over because they did things their way and they took over. Uh, they were called DX. 
and did things differently and they were pissed off against the system. But what do a bunch of people, what were, what is this group pissed off about? Because they were successful somewhere else in NXT? Make Seriously, <laughs> picking the players, it's, you know, hey, I have Emmett Smith at quarterback and Troy Aikman as my running back. Um, no, it's supposed to be the other way around. Um, it's supposed to be uh, Troy Aikman as your quarterback. No, I'm going to put them that way. Well, then you're not going to win the Super Bowl. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Weekly winner is back in its rightful place. No Mark Henry. No Mark Henry this week. We got Timer, the innovator of violence, holding it down, and I am very excited. Uh, I get to do weekly winner, the return of weekly winner, at least live, Tommy Dreamer. I get to do it with you. So uh, as you are the host hanging out with me on this Saturday, I'm going to let you go first, although I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like I know where this is going. I, I don't know, though. Maybe you'll surprise me. I, maybe you'll surprise me. I'm going to let you go first. Innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, who is your weekly winner for the week that was in professional I'm wrestling. going to give – this is weird. Okay. I'm going to give the my first ever weekly winner to Twitter. And okay. that being The Rock. Because I like it. Rock shocked the world, shocked the hell out of me, shocked everybody <laughs> in Impact Wrestling. And I got screen capped and more people asked, how the hell did this go down? And I was like, what? I have no clue. Um, because Twitter has been so toxic. And then lately it's been so stupid with T-Bar answering to everybody's <laughs> tweets. So I will give my favorite show to The Rock because he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. And he shocked the world with one simple tweet and if we're going to talk tv show i give it to smackdown because smackdown continues to deliver um solid wrestling and has me intrigued to watch the pay-per-view this sunday and i just got the rundown from guns thank you very much and i'm like wow i didn't even know these were matches on the raw side but i do know what was matches on the smackdown side yeah yeah. Well, I like that. I like that little swerve there you threw, uh, you threw for us. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, uh, you know, responding to Ken Shamrock and kind of swerving the whole wrestling industry. I mean, my eyes perked up. I couldn't imagine, like you said, for, uh, the responses that you received. So, and Hey, listen, uh, impact. I mean, I'm kind of, kind of hit a little bit from each show, uh, here in weekly winter impact was solid, uh, this week, you know, who else has been really solid? I think it bears mentioning. I mean, obviously the G one is in full effect and they've been having outstanding matches, but that's not like a regular show. So I want to include that ever in weekly winter as much as I enjoy new Japan and, and G one season is my favorite time in pro wrestling. So I'm a late night person, Tommy dreamer. I stay up really late so g1 is perfect for me it gives me that uh, it gives me that content late at night when i'm snacking and meandering my kitchen and looking for things to do um so so i, I definitely enjoy that but I, I did want to mention roh and what they're doing bringing back the pure tournament and and really focusing on quality pro wrestling and 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 bringing the 
the rules and the time limits and everything. Just making a very simple pro wrestling product with obviously Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, um, everybody, Silas Young, everybody that's kind of enveloped in that tournament. They're doing a really good job. I just wanted to give a, a tip of the cap to ROH and kind of uh, their focus. Impact's doing great stuff. Uh, ROH is doing great stuff. In fact, I think that if we're talking about like the, the, the usual shit that we bring up, um, I would say Impact and ROH this week both had better shows than just about everybody else that we regularly talk about except for SmackDown. Tommy, I'm with you. SmackDown is weekly winner for me. There's no question. Um, I think when you have a guy like Roman Reigns, and we can dive into this a little bit because I want to get into the rest of the shows as we talk about weekly winner and kind of chop it up a little bit. But specifically for... SmackDown, when you have a guy like Roman Reigns, who has been so polarizing, uh, Tommy, I don't need to tell you this, or the nation this, you think back to the Rumble and Daniel Bryan and The Rock getting booed out of the building while he was holding up Reigns's. I mean, for the longest time, people were actively going against Roman Reigns as the face of the company, or even a talent that they would invest in, right? What I saw from Roman Reigns last night was one of those benchmark moments. I felt like we had a little bit of it when he did that promo where he didn't talk where he was the silent promo where he just let the crowd boo him. I thought that was some real masterful psychology that really showed you, even if you were a hater or a detractor of Roman Reigns, just how on he could be. Last night was one of those moments, a polarizing guy who has had people shit on him at different points who haven't fully believed in him, but yet he's been at the top of the game for all these years. I think he delivered in a way that, in any sort of realm of believability, like if, if what I'm saying is, Tommy, if you're still hating on Roman Reigns at least that moment last night then you're not being objective that was by all objective measures a benchmark for one Roman Reigns and I really think it could take his career in a in a in a in a different direction in a in a more positive direction like I, I feel like everyone who watched what they saw last last night you you can't deny Roman Reigns mm -hmm. is one of the best in Listen, the business right now when everyone was hating on John Cena yeah. who had myself bully Mark don't hate on John Cena. Uh, with Roman Reigns, you'll you'll hear everyone hating on him. Who do you hear not hating on him? Myself, Bully, and Mark. We don't always agree on anything, uh, but we agree on certain things. Also, one, because we wrestled them, we've also seen it. And listen, there are times, and for the WWE, people are, oh, Vince McMahon's out of touch. Vince McMahon's this. When you compare bank accounts, Vince McMahon's pretty much smarter about wrestling than a lot of people. Um, but there are people that Vince and the, the, hey, there was a guy called Stone Cold Steve Austin that WCW said there's nothing in him. He was also part of Bad Creative. And then he yeah. took the ball and he went and did something else. CM Punk the same way. There are people that Vince McMahon is very, very right about because you could think about all those people that got have gotten fired in the past. And there has been mass firings and a lot of those people went on to other things yeah. or a lot of those people really have faded into obscurity and there's reasons behind everything. But what we're talking about with Roman Reigns, the guy is a stud. The guy is yes. Like you said, next generation and has could be different. I'll tell you what people will sometimes say to me, damn dreamer, like you are so, so white, like you need a tan. And I'll say, I'm sorry, I've had skin cancer. And everybody just stops. Could you imagine if Roman Reigns goes out, you people booed me and I had cancer. Everyone goes, ooh, because cancer is a, is a dirty word. 
and he overcame cancer twice. But if he went out and addressed somebody who said, hey, you suck or, hey, you, you had a bad match. Oh, yeah. By the way, I was fighting leukemia during Dick. that. Exactly. <laughs> and then I call you out on that. Yeah. Because uh, seriously, when people like say, like, I joke how white my legs are and be, like, like, or people like, I don't show my legs. And because I say they look like loose leaf paper. And like, when they are sort of like, damn, dreamer, get a friggin' tan. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I've had skin cancer. I can't. Like, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Think of that if that ever gets addressed on television. Yeah. Think of and, it. And the universal, so, sorry not to cut you off, Tommy, but the un, uh, you kind of alluded to it, right? The universal um, binding sort of terror that is cancer. I mean, it would be, it would hit. It would hit. Yeah. Yeah. And, Hitting like that, or like I said, if you want to take it to the next level, you want to talk about pressure about being the champion, but we all know how much pressure you've taken. How many rests you have? How many rests do I have? Yeah. When you want to talk about being a face of a champion or a face of a company, do you want to have the, so the company be on the headlines? Because, hey, trust me, I know when <laughs> there was the face of a company and he got arrested while in ECW, it was the end of that brand. It really point. was. <laughs> That's a great so, point. You don't want that. Yeah, right. Or, you know, when you have any type of controversy, you're not going to get that controversy from a guy like Roman Reigns. Yeah. Think of like any business or any sports. Uh, I don't know who's the biggest player in, in sports right now. Patrick Mahomes. What if Patrick Mahomes just got busted for steroids? Patrick Mahomes got a DUI or Patrick Mahomes. And then what if he would go out there, make an apology, do all things that he had to do, get suspended? What if he came back and the guy he's playing next week said, hey, you know, Everything you did here was uh, fake because you're on steroids. Think of the fact that Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame because of the of that, and he has the most home runs. He's a, he was a fabulous player, but be, because of what he did and then how he reacted to the media made him a heel. Mm-hmm. And same with Roger Clemens, won't probably be in the Hall of Fame. Think of that, and in, see in wrestling we could control and we could write this narrative. Think if one player said, "Hey Barry, like, think of baseball where hey the Astros were cheaters." And we're going to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour at your head. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was talking about it. In wrestling, guess what? If I'm the pitcher, I'm setting the storyline, but I'm going to tell you I'm going to throw at your head, so you better duck. It's Tommy then, Dreamer. I was going to say, this Tommy Dreamer guy has got a, quite a mind for the business of professional wrestling. Who would have thunk it? We control it. We control our narrative. <laughs> yeah. Give us a better damn creative for retribution. That's all I want to keep talking about. <laughs> that, I was just saying that, that's for the theme of these last three hours. And, and, and for good reason. Retribution, uh, obviously, dominating a, a good bit of the conversation. Uh, and what to say you, Nation? What's been dominating your conversation? Who's your weekly winner? Are you hot on? What are you cold on? We still got plenty more here over the next three, or well, the next hour. This is hour three, obviously, but we still got plenty more to get to. So if you want to join the conversation, you know the number, 877-344-4893. Give us your weekly winner. And yeah, we still got to get hit Clash of Champions, get some picks and predictions, and still dive into that. Before we do, uh, Tommy, I still want to stay on weekly winner because this kind of uh, allows us to jump all over the board and hit on whatever we feel like. And, and Tommy, one of the storylines from this week, okay, uh, outside of retribution and obviously Reigns is great pro last night with Uso. Um, a really big story out of the professional wrestling world was on Wednesday. And that was the debut of former, formerly Rusev, now Miro in AEW, uh, our own bully Ray. And, uh, Dave LaGreca, they gave their thoughts. They were they were dismayed. They were very upset with the way that uh, Rusev debuted in, a, in essentially a meaningless tag match against people that he, you know, 
with all due respect to everyone involved, probably shouldn't have been in the ring with. I completely agree with what Dave and Bully were saying. I, I didn't really understand the booking. I don't, Tommy, I don't even understand why Miro, who is arguably your biggest free agent signing, even over Matt Hardy, right? He, I don't want to say over Moxley, but, um, you know, let's just use last year. I mean, Miro is a huge signing. Even putting him with Kip Sabian, Tommy, I, I think is a bit of a reach because I understand you want to build Kip Sabian. I get that. But saying to your audience, and again, I'll throw it to you, Tommy, to piggyback off of what Dave and Bully were talking about. What, what do you say about Miro when you put him in a tag match like that to, 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 to introduce him to a new audience? What say you? Did, did you have a, a big issue with the way Miro debuted in AEW? I would have, listen, he didn't say much when he first came out. Yeah. And the teases of how his debut were okay when they had like three people come out who really the audience doesn't know and not that they don't know him, but they haven't really been spotlighted on AEW television. He only said a few words and those words resonated with people all week. I would have literally just handed him a microphone and let him talk. I don't know if I also would have put him as in a heel type of role because man, Rusev was loved and Rusev. I mean, was everyone's like, why are they not giving this, the guy, the ball? Why are they not giving this guy, the ball? Rusev was loved for the whole Rusev day. It hit and you could have had a lot more mileage. Eventually, I guess you're going to go there, but I mean, what if he came out and said he was going to be Kip Sabian, said he was his best man. He's like, man, I'm not your best man. And, you know, did something right then and there, if that's all you had for him. But, you know, again, you know, you want ratings. You want to have that shock value. I would have done exactly what we did in ECW, uh, and let him talk and let him say what he's here for. And now, you know, in AEW, and, and I just saw that the governor is lifting the restrictions in Florida. You may get more fans coming in in Florida, but what I'm saying is let the guy talk because when you have, I know when I left the WWE, I had a chip on my shoulder to show the world I still had it. And that first program I was with was against Bully Ray. My second one was against AJ Styles. And I wanted the world to see like Tommy Dreamer still had it. And I was pent up and frustrated and wanted to say stuff. I wasn't really given that opportunity to, and I did the best I could with creative that was given to me. Just hand that person a microphone, let them talk, and then go out there and do it in the ring. And I would make him a beloved baby face because then you have all new opponents. You could have dream matches. And when is your baby face the most or the best way to turn him heel is when people are so behind him. And then he turns, and if it's Moxley that he wants, he goes after Moxley. Um, if it's Brody Lou he wants, then he goes after Brody. I mean, how about Brody Lee in the Dark Order cutting a promo? Uh, you took out, we took out Cody. We haven't seen Cody, and here comes Miro. He could lay out everybody getting to the chase of of getting to Brody Lee, and then all of a sudden we could have Cody come back, and we have this magic moment because Cody's a star, Miro's a star. We have more star power. So stuff, little. I wasn't. I would. I didn't hate it. But I just look at different ways to do it. But again, it's not my, because I'm being asked is why I will say it, but uh, think they could have done some better things. Yes. I mean, and you look at, dude, even when if you think about how AEW came out, they had the Young Bucks, they had Cody, they had all these great people when they're, oh, by the way, we're going to do this. And oh, by the way, here's this one person, bang, 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 pyro, Chris Jericho. And everyone was like, oh my God. 
And what they do, Chris Jericho just talked and the rest is history. Something to be said for just giving a mic and just letting talent speak. There's no uh, question about it. Real quick, uh, before we head off and get on with the rest of the show, and as I said, we still got uh, plenty to talk about with the nation, 877-344-4893. Get your weekly winners. Get your thoughts on Clash of Champions. All the good stuff from the week. Again, we're live. It's Saturday. Back to three hours. It feels really good. But, Tommy, I guess we'll end on this because you brought up Cody. You brought up Brody Lee. We saw a returning Cody to AEW uh, on Wednesday night. Different look, a darker look, a more menacing look, if you will. Uh, had a little bit of a run-in with Brody Lee, potentially setting up a match in the future. Brody Lee holding up a dog collar. Uh, Cody has one week to respond. Looks like we could be getting a dog collar match between Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes. Uh, that sounds cool, but Tommy, what'd you think about the no new look? What'd you think about uh, Cody Rhodes' return? Where do you think this is headed? Because there's a lot of talk about a potential you know, reboot of the Four Horsemen. I, I don't know how this works out. What do, what do you think AEW was trying to tell us with uh, this new, quote-unquote, Cody Rhodes that we saw on Wednesday? Well, if you think about it, too, with the Elite, we have a darker Young Bucks. We have a darker... Yeah. Penny, we have a darker Cody. You never know where they can go. And, and that's the beauty, like I say about AEW, you don't know where they're going to go. And it's the mind of Tony Khan. And I know there's certain wrestlers who have input, but final say is Tony Khan, who is what? A diehard wrestling fan. Yep. And it's his company, his money. He understands about winning and losing. And I'm sure like he's not out there saying, you know what? The Jacksonville Jaguars are the best team in football because God, like look what we did on Thursday night. No, he got his ass kicked on Thursday night and he's going to change and reboot and leave it up to his head coaches to be like, Hey, listen, you got to win because this is what we're expected to do. And if not, you're going to lose your job. And that's, there's a big difference because the buck stops with Tony Khan. And there's not a lot of different um, meddling as opposed to the WWE issue. Hey, everyone, this is Kirk Morris. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Clash of Champions going down at the Amway Center out there at the Thunderdome in Florida. I don't know, man. I mean, we we got a little bit of time here to dive into it. Where do you want to start? What match, I would say, outside of Reigns and Uso, are you most intrigued by? What, what What's really going to be uh, driving your interest as we head in uh, here to Clash of Champions in 24 hours? Man, looking over the car, I, I would say Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. I wish it didn't have the ambulance match stipulation. Uh, I love, though, like when we say I have rid ridden in an ambulance after a show many times and Randy Orton's explanation of what it feels like uh, was great. I, man, let's just go over from top to bottom. I, I have the card here. Gun sent to me the kickoff match for some reason. We don't know why. Yeah. Maybe. What is that? Tommy, what is that? Why? Why? Zelina Vega versus Asuka. Could be a cool match. I don't think we've developed uh, Zelina. She just was a manager. Now she's uh, a singles. Right. Uh, I give it to Asuka to re retain the title. Yeah. You? Yeah, I, I think it's like what you said. First of all, 
can Selena be the world champion? Absolutely, Selena can be the champion. I mean, I, I, I'm a, a firm believer in Selena Vega. I think she is uh, about as good as they come. But as you said, in terms of the, the WWE audience, what, what do they view her as? What type of story is being told? There, there's not a lot of backstory there. So it might happen down the road. Hey, maybe Survivor Series, we'll see. Uh, but I think also the fact that it's on the kickoff show. I mean, you know this better than I do, Tommy. Uh, it would lead me to believe that maybe they're not very invested in the uh, feud. They're just testing the waters. What do you think? Yeah, just uh, I'll give it to Asuka with a clean cut victory. Maybe we yeah. see where it goes. Maybe she's going to start feuding with uh, the, the team that's no longer together, the Iconics. Yeah. Um, the next match, we got Bobby Lashley versus Apollo for the U.S. title. Who do you got? I... I like Lashley here just because of all the things that are going on right now with the Hurt Business. I just think there's a lot of juice with them. I think it's good having a title on them, even if it's the U.S. title, which in recent years really, I feel like since Cena kind of stopped with the U.S. title uh, challenge, that it just hasn't had that same shine that it once did. That's okay. That, that happens with belts. It's cyclical in cigars. So I like Lashley here. What do you think? I agree, Bobby Lashley will retain, and kudos to Bobby Lashley on his IG, as the kids say, or the gram, as Kelly likes to say. Um, working out with the U.S. title around his waist is a very, very much way to celebrate being a champion. Yeah. Uh, we got Nikki going against Bailey for the SmackDown's women's title. I got Bailey all the way. Why? Because she's going to eventually have to face Sasha. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. And 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 to jump back to SmackDown Dreamer, um, that promo that Bailey cut. First of all, it was phenomenal, as you said. But it really, in the context of a year ago, which we're about to celebrate our one-year anniversary here on the Saturday show, it was that early October debut of SmackDown that we followed. Those first couple shows, I remember Mark coming on, uh, on and and both of us j just being like, you know, Bailey has to change. This is not going to work. Uh, she's not going to work as a heel. She's not doing enough. We don't believe in her. Now you fast forward a year later, her adeptness she's very adept at being a heel the psychological investment that she has the little things that she does and in tommy as you said last night probably the most simplistic uh, promo of bailey's career but maybe one of the best by just simply putting down a chair face to face for the camera and delivering her message in a very real way she's finding her stride and i don't think uh i don't think there's any chance in hell you take the strap off her right now absolutely now we got the riot squad taking ah. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I uh, love the riot squad feel the riot squad should be given more. Their victories have been, I don't want to say flukes, which they shouldn't be. They're an excellent tag team. Again, we broke them up just to put them together. I don't understand that. Nia Jax, Shayna should be just squashing people like the road warriors. <laughs> I'll give it to, uh, Naya and Shayna to retain. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the likely outcome, but I, I also could see potentially, and I don't think this is going to happen, but potentially you take the belts off Naya and Shayna quickly, and then you get them feuding with one another quickly Pretty to cool. kind of build on that animosity that they've been showing, right? But I, I, I think there's more to that story. I think they want them to be a tag team, to be, as you said, uh, to just absolutely be running over fools like the Road Warriors or any other great tag team of the past. Uh, there's a lot of believability with Nia and Shayna. And I think there's some cool chemistry there too. I like the way they look together. So I expect them to retain. The three main events are really, really good main events. Yeah. Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, ladder match. 
I'm going to go with Sami Zayn cheating to win it and having both titles make him a dual fake champion. Please let that happen, first of all. (laughs) I'm a huge proponent of Sami Zayn. I would love to see him with both titles doing what he does. Uh, As far as the match itself, Tommy, I have such high expectations for this match because of the people that are involved and the respect that all three of those men have for the business, where they came from, the generations uh, that they kind of represent in kind of our hearts and, and and really what they mean to the ladder match. All three of these dudes have had incredible ladder matches throughout their careers. I can't wait to see what story they're going to try to tell on Sunday. I just, I, I am so excited for that match. And I, I hope Reigns and Jey Uso goes on last. I would yes. think that it wouldn't though, because it's SmackDown and, uh, I would hope it does, but we'll talk about Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in the ambulance match. I will continue to give it to Drew McIntyre. I think uh, Drew will continue to be the face of the brand, and Randy will also give one hell of a performance like Randy Orton always does. Yeah, I I like where your head's at with that. And and I think, you know, Randy's found himself in a really interesting and and – I don't want to use the word in the wrong way, comfortable position. I don't mean that as like he's comfortable or like he's lazy or anything like that. I just think he fits really well right now being at the top of the card and putting over other people. Like Randy Orton doesn't need to win. His legacy is is supplanted and he's doing some of the best work of his career. And it's great to see with a guy like Drew McIntyre who, you know, one thing I hate about McIntyre that you're seeing a lot where like the the constantly, and Dave and I were talking about this off air, LaGreca, and I like silly references three men uh, three man band and he constantly talks about how it, you know it didn't work out that first stint and it was on him and yada 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 we all know that's bs we all know that's bs it didn't it didn't not work out because it was a, a, a fault of drew mcintyre drew mcintyre was always a boss drew mcintyre made work for mcintyre uh is truly a feel-good story in the professional wrestling world and it's going to be cool to see him once again go off and go against a guy randy orton who at the time when drew mcintyre left i mean the juxtaposition between their juice in the company was astronomical now they're equal just a really cool story being told tommy Absolutely. And I agree what you said with Randy Orton. I feel Randy Orton could get swashed or literally cut a promo. Here comes an unknown wrestler, an enhancement talent who rolls him up one, two, three, and Randy Orton just take that to the next level and RKO that person to death and just make that. He's that good. He's what Chris Jericho does for AEW. He stays a main and helps other talents become main eventers. He's Randy is Randy is a once in a lifetime generational talent. And finally, which I hope is the main event. And if not, I'll be mad. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Woo. The best part about it is I don't know who's, you know, I have no prediction. I would say Roman Reigns just for the fact of we can continue to go forward with this, but man, if Jay Uso wins, what new venom are we going to see from Roman Reigns? I hope there's no, yeah. And if you look at this, there's no Bray, there's no Braun. Yeah. A lot of people who are not on this show, excuse me, on this show. And it's like, Hmm, I hope there's no interference in any of these matches. Like I want to see a clear cut winner, but I want to see the star, the story forward. 
Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.